We couldn't think of a better representative for this weekend than Claude Lewis. Uh, many of you know uh, Mr. Claude, a, a member of the church, uh, did go off and serve our, our nation in the, uh, in the army. He, uh, he was a part of the first K-9 unit that the army ever had in the, in the 1940s. And, uh, and, he, and he shared with us uh, some, of, uh, some of his experiences there. It's worth, uh, it's worth mentioning that, uh, that this is just a snippet. And if you know Claude Lewis, you know that this is just a snippet because he talked a lot more than that, right? Can I get an amen to people who talk too much? Um, <coughs> but he doesn't talk too much. His stories are phenomenal. We, uh, we sang four songs uh, and, uh, and, the, and the longer version of, of our carpool with Claude Lewis, both, uh, both an American patriot in the Army and then the longtime uh, director of the Warner Robins Recreation Department, longtime bailiff with the Sheriff's Department here. The longer version will be uploaded this afternoon around, around 1230 on our Facebook page. And, uh, and you really want to go watch it. It's, uh, it, was, it was just really a treat. To, to ride around with him and to have him tell us stories. So you can find it at facebook.com slash UMC and you'll really be blessed by that. So uh, this is uh, indeed Memorial Day weekend where we pause to remember folks. My, my dad and I were doing some of that remembering this week. And, uh, and as a dad would do, he said, hey, let me help you out, son, and, and give you a little bit to, uh, to help you remember uh, those who've served. And so I, I thought I'd bring in a couple of what my dad shared with me. Would that be okay? Uh, Tammy, you got the first one up there? This is, uh, uh, this is Robert B. Bazemore. Uh, Mr. Bazemore would have been my grandmother Hagen. Now, she was born in 1912. My grandmother Hagen's grandfather, he was born in 1819. And this is a picture of him in his Confederate States of America uniform captured around 1861 or so uh, is what my dad's genealogy comes back with. Uh, what do you think about that beard? <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it. Um, he, he, boy, I did not get his hair. That, uh, <laughs> and that's supposed to travel through your mom's side, so I guess it's, since it's my dad's side, I don't know. I got another one from my from my uh, from my my grandmother's side. This is my grandmother Augusta Caruths. This is her father, Jasper Uriah Slappy. He uh, he worked for the uh, Alberta Packing Company up here in Macon before they moved him to Bainbridge, where he worked down on the Flint River. Uh, this is him in 1918 as a soldier in the United States Army in what at the time we believed would be the Great War and the Last War. But of course it would have only been the first of those wars. And then my dad threw in one more picture. Um, and uh, and this, is, this is my dad. Um, this is my dad in 1968 as a seaman recruit in basic, or it, it would have been boot camp, um, up at Cape May, New Jersey. He would have you believe that in 1968 he had run off at the age of eight to, uh, to enlist. Um, he might have been a little bit older than that. Uh, but he, he, shared these, he shares these photos with me, and, and I guess I share them with you, and I, and I talk about them with my kids because it's important. 
not, not just my family, but your family as well, it's important that we, that we can appreciate what generations before us have done. It's important that we, can, that, we can, that we can lay claim to values that they have, have exhibited and, and sacrifices they have made. We have, to, we have to do all of this because it's necessary for us to pass on that tradition. So this weekend, with, with Memorial Day being uh, on our hearts, I, uh, I thought that we would stop in the middle of the service and just have a moment of silence to, to celebrate those who've served, but especially to remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. As Lincoln said, given the full, devotion, the full measure of devotion by, uh, by giving their lives. So let's, uh, let's pause for prayer. God, you are author of life and giver of freedom. And this day, we remember those who have given their lives for the cause of freedom. May we not forget the sacrifices they made and the good they have fought preserve and may we cherish those even now in our midst who serve and those who have on our behalf we pray in the name of your son Jesus amen and amen there is there is something to this uh, this this tradition and passing it on and that's, that's some of what Memorial Day is about. That's also the very language that Paul uses when he talks about the celebration of the sacraments, especially, especially as it re- relates to, to the celebration of, uh, of, of Holy Communion around a table. He writes to the church in Corinth, uh, not a church that, that he grew up in, it's a church that he helped to found. He, uh, Paul would have grown up in Jerusalem, but, but he would have made his second journey as a church planter and church developer. Some folks call it his second missionary journey. He would have made his second missionary journey, and the book of Acts has filled in some of the details. And he arrives in Corinth, he arrives in Corinth and meets Aquila and Priscilla, who, uh, this married couple, who were tent makers. And Paul himself was a tent maker by trade. And so the three of them made tents together, and then Paul shared the good news of Jesus, who, who, was, who, was, who was this Messiah to God's people, but Savior of all the world. And together, the three of them began to plant a church in Corinth. He, le- he leaves later on. Some estimate that he was there as long as 18 months or longer. He leaves later on, but stays in touch with Aquila, Priscilla, and the church that he's helped to found, that they are carrying on along with the leadership of others. 
And he writes back to them letters. We have a couple of those letters, but actually scholars are pretty sure that the couple of letters we have are actually fragments of more than just two letters. They've been pieced together, and there's some, there's, there's some folks sharp in the, uh, in the biblical languages that can read and say, see this here, this is where they've put two things together. But, but the letter, the first letter that the Bible includes of, to the church in Corinth, we know as 1 Corinthians, the first letter is this, is this weaving together in his own language of, uh, of, of alternating between praising the Corinthians and then pointing out their problems. It's, it sounds like a letter that he could have written to us, right? Anybody? I mean, it, it goes back and forth. Perfect, perfect, perfect rhythm back and forth. He leads with praise, and then he oftentimes follows up with pointing out their problems. I can't even begin to get into some of the problems the Corinthian church had, but, uh, but I welcome you. I encourage you to go and, uh, and open to Corinthians. It's written in a, in a plain language, and he points out. In fact, in fact, at one point, in, uh, starting after the opening words of greeting, uh, starting around chapter 2, he begins to point out the uh, one that's in their midst, and he says, this one who you still encourage and seem to lift up and maybe even are puffed up, that's some of Paul's language, maybe you're even puffed up about him, he's doing stuff that even the heathens wouldn't do. That's what Paul says. This one in your midst is doing stuff that even the heathens wouldn't do, and you've got to deal with it. And so this goes on. It's, 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 it's praising them for what they've gotten right and, and, and for all that they've accomplished and that they've grown in, and then it's pointing out these problems. And it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. We get to, a, we get to chapter 11, where, uh, where I'd like to read from today. And, uh, and, and it starts off that way. In fact, um, and, and Tammy, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll point you a little differently. It starts off, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 2, starts right here. And, uh, and if you turn in your Bibles with me or follow along on the screen, turn on your devices, whatever you've got to read the Bible. We, you know, we give these away out front. If you're a visitor with us, if you're in need of a Bible, we, uh, we, uh, we give away um, these, these common English Bibles that I read from. He says this, I, I praise you because you remember all my instructions and you hold on to them to the tr- Hold on to the traditions exactly as I handed them on to you. So he's, here he is, he's praising them because, because, they, because, the, because in his time with them, he taught them and they've got it. But then the next verses, and, and especially by the time he gets to verse 17, he's telling them, but, 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 boy, but I'm not going to praise you in this. I'm not going to encourage you in this. You've got this all wrong, he says. He says, you got this all wrong. Because he goes back and forth in, 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 in heaping praise on where it's due, but then, but then he also points out, uh, and he, he'll move through it quickly. I'm not, I'm not going to read it this morning, but, uh, but, but, but verses 17 and, 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 and moving forward, uh, he, he, he moved kind of quickly. He didn't even fill in all the details. I think he does that because, because they know the details. I mean, he's heard what's going on. And he says, and, he, and again, he moves quickly, but he says that you, you can't do it this way, and you can't do it this way. You can't do it this way. All of that. This, this rapid fire, just pointing this out, pointing this out, pointing this out. This is right. This is not right. This is all of that until you get to verse 23. And, 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 and I want to I slow down at verse 23 because I believe that's what Paul is doing. Verse 23 says, 
I received a tradition from the Lord, which I also handed on to you. On the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. After giving thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this to remember me. He did the same thing with the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, do this to remember me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you broadcast the death of the Lord until he comes. This, this is the word of God for we the people of God and we say together, thanks be to God. See, I, I, think, I think there's something significant happening here, not just with the content, but also with the method that he's delivering it. He's, he's moved rapidly through, through telling them some of what they've done, but at this point, when he's trying to, to reset the way it should be, he slows down. He slows down because, because we slow things down when, when we want to get it really precise and we want to get the details just right. I, I, uh, I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember, but there was a day uh, some years ago, it feels like forever ago, there was a day in which, in which men and women just had this longing and yearning that they could be reached when they weren't at home or weren't at work. There was, there was, a, day, there was a day in which people were like, you know, it'd be great if, if, if we could have these, if, if they could make a device that we could be accessible all the time, right? Do you remember this day? Do you remember this day? And so, and so what, did, what did the world give us? Right? You remember these? Let me ask this question, sort of as a tangent. Has anybody regretted wanting that to be accessible all the time? Has anybody in the room regretted that, 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 that we ever asked for that? Has anybody in the room ever, can I, yeah. Has anybody in the room ever said, wow, wouldn't life be better if I didn't have this in my pocket all the time. And, and, and a couple of you are going, wouldn't my bank account be better if I didn't have this in my pocket all the time? Well, they wanted to sell them. And so in order to sell them, they had to, uh, to differentiate one from the other, from the other, from the other. And so they started saying, well, maybe, maybe we shouldn't just offer a phone. Maybe we should make it make noises and then maybe make it have, play music. And then we'll do crazy stuff like let it connect to the Internet. And then we should, we should definitely put a camera on it, right, for our teenagers to take pictures of stuff, right? And not just a camera, but we should make the camera be high definition. And then, and then not just high definition, but we should make the camera capture video, right? And then, and then they go and make the camera not only capture video, but capture video in slow motion. Because that's, that's exactly what an adult needs to do with their phone, right? <laughs> Is to take, and I, I would take a poll, but none of you would raise your hands. How many adults have actually taken slow motion videos with their cameras okay you barely count as an adult i know you have a child but um but everybody in the room uh, th- there's another one there's another one okay there's an the slow motion videos by by accident yes 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 hey thank you for that word thank you for that word all of that to say though 
What do you get with a slow motion video? Hold on. What do you get when you slow things down? You get the details. On, on this phone right here, on the, on the Apple iPhone, and this is, just, this is just a regular Apple iPhone, they could, this, this phone right here captures 240 frames, images, separate images, per second when shooting in slow motion. 240. 240 frames per second when it's shooting at 720 DPI resolution. I, I think Paul is talking in slow motion. L li listen again. You don't, have to, you don't have to show it on the screen, but listen again. Listen again what he does. What he does. He says here, here in what is, and it's worth mentioning, this is the first time in all of the New Testament that, that this language has ever been used. Right? Because Paul's letter to the church in Corinth would have come 20 years before any of the Gospels. Right? So, so we, don't, we don't have the story yet. It's not, it's not been written down, at least. We don't have the story yet of, uh, of the Last Supper. This is the story of the Last Supper. This is the story of, of, of Jesus instituting communion. And Paul says it this way. He says, On the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. Now, think about it this way. He could have just as easily said, in fact, he would have saved some verses. He could have just as easily said, they were sitting around the table, and there was bread there, and there was a cup. Now you go and do likewise. But we can't capture, we can't capture the nuances if you rush through it that way. So he slows down and says, no, 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 they're seated at the table. And he takes the bread, and he gives thanks to God, and he breaks it. And he gives it to the disciples. And he does the exact same thing with the cup. And then he even tells us the details of what he said. Because Paul believed that the tradition of Holy Communion was something to be passed on well. Because there are traditions that need to be, that need to be passed on well. Well, which is the challenge these days. To do anything well requires that we hmm, slow down. It requires that we is that it requires we take more time. And that's why, that's why I celebrate people that, that give up their time on a Sunday morning to teach kids. That's why I celebrate the adults in the room that give up their time to teach these Sunday school classes, adult Sunday school classes. Because anybody that's ever taught an adult Sunday school class knows that you don't just walk up to the podium and start doing it. What do you have to do ahead of time? You've got to slow down to prepare. I mean, that, that's, what, that's what happens on Fridays. A couple of times a month, we're, we're engaged with our community. We're caring for our community. But that doesn't happen without people arriving the day before and the day before that and the day before that, preparing, sorting this and organizing that and gathering this. 
And it's at it, it, least once a month that they're making trips to the food bank and buying trailer loads full, measured in tons worth of food. Because that's a tradition that we want to keep doing, but it requires that we slow down to do it. What are the traditions that need to get passed on? But we need to take more time to, to pass them on well. I think, I think the word for the church is, there are things that we do here that matter. We need to slow down and pass them on to our children and our children's children. And I think the word to us is that there's, there, there, there are traditions in our lives and values that we cherish and things that are important to us. But we don't pass those on while sprinting. Think about this. Even the fastest runners on the planet, when it comes time to pass the baton, have to slow down a little bit. Because otherwise, otherwise things will drop. What is it that has been passed on to you that you now hold on to and are charged with passing on to others? And where are you being called to slow down so that the details get passed on well? Let's pray. Lord, you're speaking to me. This word is for each of us. Lord, Lord, your pace, your rhythm is to work and then to cease from working. Is to do and then to cease from doing. Is to pause and to turn off and to slow down. in order that the best stuff doesn't get dropped, in order that the best traditions are remembered and practiced. Help us this day to be more than just hearers, but doers of your word. Amen. And amen.